Hello and welcome to Hugh's Joy of Food, a bite-sized podcast celebrating all that's amazing about everything edible, from the simplest snack to the fanciest feast. I'm Hugh Smithson-Wright, and this week on Hugh's Joy of Food, I'm longing for the lip-tingling Sichuanese cuisine of Soho's Bowsy Inn, telling a listener what he can do with his aubergine in Ask Hugel, and sharing my love for instant noodles in Treat of the Week. Each week on Hugh's Joy of Food, I review a restaurant in one way, shape or form. It might be a restaurant that I've actually been to recently, a home delivery, whether that's a ready-to-eat takeaway or a make-at-home meal kit, or occasionally favourite places that have gone to the great restaurant graveyard in the sky. First, a disclaimer. My job as a restaurant PR and consultant means that I'm paid to promote the interests of the handful of restaurants I represent. If I feature a client on this podcast, I'll make that clear, like I do on my social media channels. In all cases, I'll make it clear if all or any part of a meal I review was complimentary. You can rest assured that everywhere I review, I recommend. This show is about the joy of food, so if you're looking for vicious eviscerations, this probably isn't the podcast for you. With that in mind, it's time for this week's review. Such is the frequency with which I visit and enthusiasm with which I talk about Bowsy Inn on Romilly Street in Soho that I'm frequently asked if I do their PR. I don't. That pleasure goes to my brilliant friend Henry at Kitchen Communications, but I'm very happy to be their pro bono ambassador. Taking its name from the steamed Bowsy dumplings, which are the speciality of the original branch in nearby Chinatown, Bowsy in Soho is part of what's now a mini chain of restaurants, which, while all broadly similar, differentiate themselves by each having a house speciality. At the Chinatown original, it's those dumplings. At a second Chinatown location, it's Taiwanese street food. And at London Bridge, it's roasted meats. But it's to the Soho one that I return again and again for their speciality, the lip-tingling, exhilarating food of Sichuan. Sichuanese food is often, not entirely mistakenly, assumed to all be fiercely spicy, and it's true that much of the region's cuisine is heavily laced with Sichuan peppercorns and both fresh and dried chilies, creating the numbing hot sensation known as mala. But there's also an emphasis on pickling, salting and preserving, and fragrance particularly from garlic, star anise and ginger. Looking at Bowsy Inn, situated on the corner of Romilly Street and Frith Street, just off Shaftesbury Avenue from outside, you'd be forgiven for thinking it was just one small room. But inside, it's something of a TARDIS, with several dining rooms sprawling over two floors. Given the choice, I like to take one of the window seats on the ground floor, not only because being on a busy corner in Soho makes for excellent people watching, but also because all that natural light is great for getting the best shots for Instagram. As a sensible social distancing measure... After the first lockdown, Bowsy Inn introduced tabletop buzzers and disposable menus. So you just tick the items you want, then press the bell, and one of the lovely staff will come and whisk your order off to the kitchen. I love going to Bowsy Inn on my own. If you were listening last week, you might recall it was one of the restaurants I recommended in my answer to a question about solo dining. But I'd highly recommend going with at least one other person, and ideally more, as the portions are generous and you will want to order a lot. Now, one caveat. Another sensible measure Bowsy Inn took between lockdowns was to reduce the menu somewhat. Not enormously, to be fair. But I can't guarantee that all of the dishes I'm going to mention will be available if or hopefully when you go. But even if something I mention here isn't available, you're guaranteed to find an alternative you'll enjoy just as much. One dish I always order, if it's on the menu, is cloud ear fungus with pickled chilies and vinegar. Now, I know fungus might not sound particularly appetising, 
but these have a wonderful chewy slippery texture that marries perfectly with the vibrancy and heat of chilli and the sharpness of vinegar. It really awakens the palate. I'd suggest ordering some cooling ginger juice spinach and salty moorish cubes of crispy fried tofu alongside for a very tasty trio of starters. You cannot come to Bowsey Inn and not order at least one plate of dumplings, although I'd be very impressed if you were able to stop at just one. Their Shaolong Bao, thin-skinned, soup-filled dumplings which burst in the mouth, are superb. So were the colourful Jowsey, available with a choice of fillings including pork, prawn or vegetables, and served with, or in, chilli oil, vinegar or exo sauce. If you can't decide between them, a mixed platter is available and is a good place to start. You won't want to miss out on the grilled skewers loaded with lamb, chicken, pork or seafood. As with the dumplings, you can order a mixed platter of skewers to share. Personally, my favourites are the cumin-dusted lamb or pork belly and caramelised sauce, which I like to order a portion of all to myself. There's a lengthy list of hot dishes, including some seafood showstoppers like a chef's special king prawn and steamed scallops. But for me, the standout dishes from this section are the Sichuan classic mapo tofu, or to give it its full name, the legendary pockmark mapo bean curd, and fish-fragrant aubergine. Mapo tofu combines pieces of soft tofu with minced pork, served in a vivid red oily sauce thrumming with chilies for mala heat. A vegetarian version is also available here, so you don't need to miss out if you don't eat meat. Believe it or not, you can also enjoy the fish-fragrant aubergine if you're a vegetarian too. The name refers not to fish being in the dish, but the fact that the way it's prepared, with chilies, bean paste, ginger and chinchang vinegar, is also a popular way of preparing fish in Sichuanese cooking. I've saved what I think is the best dish for last, although it's a quirk of how the kitchen works at Bowsey and that often this dish comes out first. Dandan noodles, possibly the most famous or at least ubiquitous Sichuanese dish, combines a spicy paste of sesame and Sichuan peppercorns with thick noodles and a savoury minced pork topping. Brought to the table layered in a tall bowl, the idea is that you toss all the components together to coat the noodles with the spicy paste and pork and then wolf the lot. I love this dish so much that I worry any description won't do it justice. Suffice it to say, there's a photo in existence somewhere of me staring at a steaming bowl of Bowsian's Dandan noodles, with a look on my face only previously recorded on my wedding day. In common with many Chinese restaurants, there are no desserts on the menu. If by some miracle you've room left for something sweet, there are various places nearby where you could grab an egg custard bun, say, or an ice cream. Personally, if I were still remotely hungry, I'd stick to savoury and order another round of dumplings here. Depending on whether or not you drink alcohol, Bowsian offers a concise list of thoughtfully chosen wines and spirits, as well as Chinese teas and soft drinks. A typical spend per head is between 30 and £50. I can honestly say I've never been less than 100% satisfied with the value for money at Bowsian, nor I think of any of the many friends I've enjoyed meals here with. Bowsian is one of the restaurants I'm missing most in lockdown, I've made my own dandan noodles to Sichuanese cooking expert Fuchsia Dunlop's recipe, which you can find online, and they've turned out really well. But it's not the same, and as soon as I'm able to again, I'll be heading straight to Romilly Street and my window seat for a long overdue feast. For all information, visit Bowsian, that's B-A-O-Z-I-I-N-N dot com. Each week, I answer a listener's burning culinary question in Ask Hugel. This week's question comes from Robin in Brixton, who says, Hey Hugel, I have an issue with aubergines. I buy them, I think, I must try that thing with aubergines. Then I don't get around to it, 
and return a day or two later to a limp, shriveled-up vegetable, which I end up throwing away. It defeats me every time, and I hate wasting food. Help me, Hugel. What can I do with my aubergine? Robin, I'm really glad you've asked this, as I think we all have that one thing that we buy with the best of intentions, but never quite get round to using while it's in its prime. In my household, it's spring onions. I'll buy a bunch, use a couple, think I must find a use for the rest, and then forget about it until I find flaccid alliums in my crisper drawer. You're absolutely right to prioritise not wasting food, something of which, although awareness might have improved, there's still a wicked amount. You mentioned in your email that you live on your own, and I know it can be really difficult to judge quantities when shopping for one, and of course you can hardly buy half an aubergine, so if you buy a whole one you're kind of committed to using it. The easy answer would of course be don't buy aubergines if you know that they're not going to get eaten, but I get the impression from your question that you do actively want to get more vegetables inside you, so let's see if I can help you with that. First things first, I wonder if, like I was until relatively recently, you're labouring under the misconception that aubergines need to be salted for ages before cooking them, and that's what's putting you off. I really don't know where this idea came from or when exactly it went away, but aubergines are ready to cook and need nothing by way of preparation except a wash. Aubergines work well as an ingredient in many recipes, but for you, Robin, let's focus on some quick and easy dishes where the aubergine itself is the star. My personal favourite way with aubergine is in the Japanese dish nasu dengaku, sweet miso glazed aubergine. For this you'll need some white miso paste which is fairly widely available and keeps forever so buy it once and you'll be sorted for some time to come. The recipe I use is from Tim Anderson's brilliant book Japanesey which as the title suggests is full of super easy recipes for popular Japanese dishes. Another book I'd suggest you invest in is my friend Romy Gill's Zyka Vegan Recipes from India It includes several aubergine recipes, but the one I think you'll like is for grilled aubergines, where the flesh is scooped out, mixed with spices, tomato, onion and chilli, then added back to the grilled skins to serve. I think this would make a lovely meal in itself with some rice or a salad, say. Sabrina Gayor, in her latest book, Plenty, which I love cooking from, has a recipe for charcoal aubergines with red pepper, chilli and walnut sauce, which you might like to have a crack at. The sauce requires a blender, but if you don't have one, I'm sure the sauce would look just as well chunkier, chopped rather than blended, with the garlicky char-grilled aubergine slices. The recipe in the book is for 6 to 8, but it could very easily be adapted to use just one aubergine. If you want to try something a bit more ambitious, you could try making the fish-fragrant aubergine I mentioned eating at Bowsy Inn at home. As with the Dandan noodles, you'll find a recipe by the wonderful Fuchsia Dunlop on the Observer Food Monthly website. One ingredient is spring onions, so perhaps we could collaborate on this one and you can use up your aubergine and my spring onions. Finally, Yasmin on Twitter has an exciting way with aubergine. She cuts it into cubes and tosses it in soy sauce, sesame oil, honey and black pepper before frying it until caramelised to use as a topping for instant noodles, which you'll be hearing more about in my next segment, Treat of the Week. I think it's brilliant, Robin, that at a time when all many of us want to do is turn to carbs, sugar and convenience food, you're not only focusing on eating more fresh vegetables, but on cooking them for yourself. I'd love to see what you decide to make, so do be sure to send me pics of what you do with your aubergine to the usual address. If you'd like me to have a go at answering your food-related question, you can tweet me at hrwright or send me an email to hrw at hughrichardwright.com. For my final segment, Treat of the Week, each week I share something food or drink related that's been putting a smile on my face. This week, 
it's instant noodles, or more specifically, the surprisingly satisfying meals you can make from them with a few simple additions. Last week, I missed a call from my friend Jack, and when I phoned him back explaining that I'd been having my lunch, he said, what was it, instant noodles with crab sticks and an egg? Which, funnily enough, it was, more or less. It made me laugh because I hadn't realised quite how often I eat this, or the extent to which friends might associate it with me. But it's true that one of my favourite easy meals is packet noodles, the kind that come with a sachet, sometimes a couple of sachets of seasoning, made up with a bit more water than recommended to make a soup, to which I then add some frozen peas, or maybe edamame if I've got some, an egg which I just crack into the pan to poach, and either some frozen prawns, or as Jack said, seafood sticks, shredded and placed on top. I like to then add uh, some sesame seeds, and if the noodles aren't already spicy, some chilli oil, especially the kind with crispy bits from Laogonmar or Tonkotsu. A couple of days later, I saw that the food writer Sue Quinn had tweeted a picture of something very similar. A new convert to pimped packet noodles, Sue was ecstatic at discovering a meal that was, as she put it, a brilliant alternative to a takeaway. And it really is that good. My curiosity piqued, I wanted to know what others did with their noodles to make them special. Cook and novelist Philip Dundas was a fellow seafood stick fan, although he also advocates for a very bougie high-low option of topping packet noodles with slivers of wagyu beef. Fancy! Several people like to add spring onion, soy sauce and sesame seeds. One person suggested wasabi sesame seeds, which is a new one on me, but I'll definitely be ordering some. Kimchi was suggested and menma, that's pickled bamboo shoots. And as I mentioned to Robin earlier in Ask Hugel, Yasmin's soy and honey aubergine sounds like a fabulous topping, especially with the chopped cashew nuts she likes to add too. As for which brand of noodles to go for, there are so many on the market, usually at around just 50 or 60p, that I'd suggest you snap up a few packets next time you're at the supermarket and experiment until you find your favourite. Because while the thought of just some instant noodles might not seem that exciting as meals go, with just a little bit of tweaking, they can be such a joy that they could become the reason you miss calls from your friends too. Just before I go, I'd like to ask that if you're in a position to, you'll consider supporting one of the many brilliant charities working tirelessly to ensure that children, disadvantaged families and the homeless don't go hungry during the pandemic, such as Magic Breakfast, Fair Share, Street Smart and the Trussell Trust. That's it for this week. If you'd like to get in touch, you can tweet me at hrwright or drop me a line at hrw at hughrichardwright.com. And I hope you'll join me next time for more of Hugh's Joy of Food. <laughs>